and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how you doing tonight? I am great. I am excited to be sharing some info on tonight's show. I- I'm excited for you to be sharing it too, because we're going to take our trip over to the West Coast, which as folks know, that, as folks know that are listeners, this is an area that you're an expert and I am certainly not. So... We're going to talk today about our good neighbor hotels. You've heard Sandy mention that phrase quite often anytime we talk about uh, Disneyland. So Sandy, let's, let's jump into it. Obviously, I think the best way to reference this for folks that are not so familiar with the California parks is to talk about geography. So, so break it down for us before we jump directly into the specific good neighbor hotels. You bet. And the best way to do that is to ask each of you to think about any time you've been to a big city, if you haven't made it out to Disneyland. If you've been to Manhattan, if you've been to Boston, if you've been to Chicago, that real center city vibe. Um, The area near Disneyland reminds me a lot of Manhattan because a lot of it is very square. You've got streets and roads and you can kind of make that little grid. So when we talk about Disneyland, the theme park literally is plopped in the middle of a city. Keep that image. You know, you could be standing at Times Square and we could throw Disneyland in. Disneyland is 2.3 miles long and 0.8 miles wide. So it takes up several city blocks and it is 90% enclosed by walls. So you can only enter it from the middle of the long side. And you can do that on both sides, but on one of the long sides, you have all of our Disneyland resorts. And on the other, you have the center of the city and the good neighbor hotels like we're gonna talk about tonight. So how many good neighbor hotels are there? Cause that's, that's a massive amount of space. It, it's a big number. Um, and. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not talking about all of them. (laughs) There are 57 good neighbor hotels. So what does it mean to be a good neighbor hotel? And this goes for Disneyland as well as Walt Disney World. Good neighbor hotels are kind of what they sound like. They're close to Disney. They have a contract with Disney. And they must meet certain requirements to be promoted by Disney. So we all know Disney's a huge survey company, too many surveys with anything negative, and they know they're gonna get dropped from that promotion. There are way more than 57 hotels near Disneyland, and we'll use that word near very loosely, Um, but these are the ones that kind of have that Disney good housekeeping seal of approval. If you've ever talked to myself or anybody on our team, you know that in Walt Disney World, We don't do any of the good neighbor hotels. There are so many resorts and Walt Disney World, unlike that 2.3 miles long, is 28 square miles. That means that a good neighbor hotel could be pretty far away. Here, good neighbor hotels have views of the park like you would find at the Contemporary. So if you're looking for that point of reference, if you're always an East Coaster, I've stayed at good neighbor hotels that have a great view of Space Mountain. You would never find that at a Walt Disney World good neighbor. 
So when you talk about this too, I'm imagining because there's so many, the price point has to just swing incredibly, correct? They do. They really vary quite a bit. Um, and again, unique about Disneyland, it's not a week-long destination. The parks are super close to the resorts. When we've done our series on resort hotels, we've talked about that the only transportation they offer is your own feet because they're too close to have transportation. And the good neighbor hotels that I'm going to talk about tonight are too close to need transportation. So, you know, you had mentioned the shows that we had done that were Disney specific for the resorts. Those are episodes 68, 81, and 96 respectively. We'll put links to those in the show notes as well so that if you are interested in doing really a deluxe option, it makes the most sense to stick within the Disney brand. Which types of hotels do you plan to discuss tonight? So we're going to talk about moderate hotels and suites. Disney also in their good neighbor program has superior and deluxe. I don't look at those. For me, I have stayed at good neighbors in Disneyland more often than I might want to admit on the show. But I love, there's four that I'm going to talk about specifically tonight. And I love them for their location. Remember, just like anything else, I don't care what the distance is as the crow flies, as they say. I can't enter where the crow flies. I can only enter from the entrance. Yeah. All of the resorts that I'm going to talk about tonight are less than half a mile from the park. One of them, I have left my room, gone down the hall, taken the elevator, waited for the light to change, crossed the street, and been on Disneyland property, all in under a five-minute walk. Where do you want to begin? My number one is the Tropicana. Um, and again, if you've heard me talk before, I'm going to lay it out there. I am generally a motel snob. I don't like to stay at motels. The difference between a motel and a hotel is motels, your door opens to the outside, not an interior corridor. But again, Florida and California, motels don't have some of the same connotation that they do in New New Jersey, where Jeff and I live, motels in New Jersey tend to be the value of the value of the value. They don't have interior corridors. They don't want to pay for heat and air conditioning. Right. In California, the weather is so nice, that's not typically as big a factor. The Tropicana was just redone. The rooms are beautiful. I love them. They can sleep up to five, depending on the kind of room that you get. So there are two queen bedrooms there are king bedrooms and then with that they also have rooms that have a pullout for that fifth sleeper a chair that converts to a single bed they also have what's known as like an efficiency so you can have a little kitchen you can literally cook your meals while you're staying there but it's clean it's well done it's got a refrigerator in the room it's got a safe it's got complimentary Wi-Fi. The big thing that I will say about all of these hotels, again, you're in the middle of a city. So because of that, they all have parking fees. Keep that in mind. Again, transportation here, depending what you're doing, you may be better off taking an Uber or a Lyft from LAX or SNA than having your own car that's literally going to sit there because you can't drive it over to the parking lot. What about a pool? 
pool and recreation options at Tropicana? Do they exist? Are they vibrant or are they just kind of run of the mill? They are very run of the mill. Again, think about when you're in the middle of a city, what your options are for a pool. They have a pool. It's a rectangle. It does have, you know, decking to it and some lounge chairs, but it is dead center in the middle of the parking lot. It is safe and nicely fenced in, but it's in the middle of a parking lot. So again, we, you talk constantly about what works for your traveling party and sometimes the pool really matters. If the pool really matters, this is probably not the good neighbor hotel for you. Probably not. And the interesting thing, if you've never done Disneyland, when we talk about Walt Disney World, I discourage people from necessarily going back to their hotel. It can take you quite a while. And that 45 minutes in the pool can mean being out of the park for about three hours. Here, you can go and swim for 45 minutes and only be out of the park for an hour or hour and a quarter. So it definitely does become a much better option. Well, what's our next option? Well, it's about the pool. So Howard Johnson's, which is currently owned by Wyndham, the Howard Johnson's by Wyndham Anaheim Hotel and Water Playground. Oof, that's a mouthful. You'd think it was named by an Imagineer. <laughs> Talk to us about it. Again, this one, as its name implies, this is the spot to go if you've got younger kids and you're looking for something with water features. This one does offer theme park views and you can book your room with that kind of connotation in it. And the other neat thing they have to kind of give some extra space in the room, you can also book a room that has bunk beds to it. Oh, cool. So definitely options that work for different people. They do offer a shuttle. It is a paid service. It's run through Art, which is Anaheim Resort Transit. I will tell you that if you'd like to take the Art to get there, you could have walked from the hotel, done a stop at the McDonald's, had breakfast, been in the, gone to the theme park, and probably be on your first ride before the Art would actually get you there. <laughs> okay. So, so, so feet, feet are the better options still is what you're Feet saying. are the better options. And all of these, again, part of where I pick them is their location. I love, it's a straight walk right to the park entrance, less than half a mile. But more pool and water options than we are offered at the Tropicana? More, definitely better pool options, playground. Um, and if you really want a view, this is going to be a resort where you can have a view. Okay. Where are we headed after there? Grand Legacy at the park. Um, it also, all three of these are considered moderate. They're not exactly the same in my book. Grand Legacy is unique because, again, if you're a hotel snob, they have a motel building and a hotel building. The hotel building offers great views of the park. And whether you're staying there or not, they also have a great rooftop bar that looks into California Adventure as well as Disneyland. So really nice option, great location. Again, all within that one block of getting to Disneyland. So we always talk about and this show is no different, what needs to work for your traveling party. And sometimes folks are looking for when they travel to be living in a suite. Talk to us about the suite option that you had laid out as we started tonight's show. I like the Hyatt house. Again, location, location, location is what I'm after. 
This one has it. You are crossing two streets, but you're still less than half a mile away. It also is a more respected brand. It is Hyatt. So those of you that are used to hotels and different amenities, maybe you're a frequent traveler, Hyatt House has a great following. One of the other benefits to Hyatt House is they do include a breakfast. The bonus of the breakfast, as well as the suite, if you want an area that's separate from your kids. And again, when we're talking suite here, we're not talking like the King Kumehameha that we talked about at the Polynesian that's got, you know, three rooms in a living room and more square footage than my house. We're talking a standard hotel suite, a room divided in some way so that you can have a little bit of quiet time away from the kids. Every time we talk about Disneyland and we go to California, we talk about the proximity to downtown Disney. And so a lot of the times when we did our Disney-specific owned resort shows, we talked about dining options really being present but more focused on the proximity to downtown Disney. Would you say that any of these resorts that you've mentioned tonight, aside from what you had talked about at the Grand Legacy at the park, have dining options that are really worth discussing now, or is it still in proximity that it's worth going out off-site? You know, again, I think if you talk about on-site versus off-site here, you're in Disney World when you're thinking that. Correct. This is so simplistic. If you were to walk from Hyatt House or Howard Johnson's, those are the two far ends of what I've talked about, you could get from one to the other in less time than you could make it from the back pool in Old Key West up to the hospitality house. The area here is just so different. So if you were at the Howard Johnson's and you were walking to Disneyland, you'd be going off-site to eat. However, that off-site, you're going to pass Panera, you're going to pass McDonald's, you're going to pass Denny's, Tony Roma's, IHOP. I mean, these are chain options, obviously, that we're all used to. But you literally, they're two minutes from your hotel. So those off-site options are closer than where your food court would be in a Walt Disney World hotel. Likewise, while you will need to go through security to enter downtown Disney, you could be at the furthest downtown Disney restaurant, which happens to be the Earl of Sandwich, which we all know is one of my favorites. <laughs> Mine too. Um, probably about if you're slow and the light isn't on your side, maybe a seven to nine minute walk. So all of those things are easy to get to. It's not like Walt Disney World where you're leaving your room, walking to the bus stop, waiting for the bus, getting there, then going through security and then first going out for food. In the time it would take you in Walt Disney World to get from your room to Disney Springs, on these offsite options, these good neighbor hotels, you could leave your room, get through security, get into Disney Springs. And if you're doing a quick service kind of location, you could be done eating before you would have made it to downtown Disney. So definitely don't rule out any of those options. The only thing that you are going to want to rule out is in-park dining if you don't have park admission. 
You must have park admission to eat in a park, but downtown Disney is an option for you, as is dining in Paradise Pier, Grand Californian, and the Disneyland Resort. Well, it is such a different uh, framing of the mind every time we talk about California. And so I, I do thank you for, for laying that out. Is there anything else that we want to leave anybody with tonight as we talk about these good neighbor hotel options? The only thing that I will say is that they are great location-wise. They are great budget-wise. There is an element of magic missing. And keep in mind, you are walking down Harbor Boulevard, which is like walking down a Manhattan street. I sometimes struggle when I take that quarter mile to half a mile walk. You will frequently find somebody panhandling or a homeless person there. I do have those moments of guilt that here I am spending this money and enjoying the park. And here's where these people are. If you're not prepared for that or prepared for questions your children might have about what they're seeing, definitely one of our Disneyland on-site resorts is for you because they do create that bubble in the middle of the city. So that's important to know. Well, Sandy, I think that that point is, is very valid and I appreciate you making it. And I thank you for lending your expertise tonight to talk about an area of the of the country that I have very little experience and some of our listeners do too. Explain the Good Neighbor Hotels. Have a great evening. It is my pleasure and I hope to have the opportunity to help many of you plan a trip to where the magic began. That's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share on your Facebook and Instagram for other Disney fans to enjoy. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.